All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. In the dungeon. Jared, it's been a while, my friend. It has been a while. Have you uh, been? Since you've been gone. Remember that song? You're too young. You guys remember that no, song? No, I remember since that you've song. Been gone? There you go. Jimmy Farrow's gone to Florida. He's what? hooked up with a, uh, a former wrestler's wife. You remember Wahoo McDaniel? I do. So Wahoo passed away, obviously, and his wife Karen was on the show, and Jimmy and her hit it, hit it off, and he packed up his stuff. How quick was that turnaround? Pretty quick, man. I Again, I think probably at most two months. Wow. Hey, when you know, you know. You know? Here's the thing. I was thinking this, I was thinking this the other day, though. So there's a little bit of jealousy there, right? Because Jimmy could just... Pack his bag, lock his wherever he's living, lock the door, get in his car or whatever, a plane, and you start a new life. It's not that easy, like when you're, you know, you're married or you own a house and you're working and for the man. You're working for the man, right? Are you? Or we were talking earlier, right? How both of you guys are artists, and that in itself is is. The reward is great if you're successful. It's not so great if you're not successful, right? <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> right. So, but part of me was like, man, it must be nice not to own a house and just, you know, not be married and just pack up your shit, meet someone new, and just start over again. I've kind of been living like a vagabond. For a really? Bit. Yeah, because I left Florida. Like, I was just sick of everybody. I love Florida. I was kind of sick of everybody and everything I'm around. And I'm looking around, and I'm, I don't have any real connections holding me here. And I haven't been with my family for years. So I just went home. Just went back to Cleveland. And just been wonderful. And just, just moved. Just packed, but, packed it up. Like, it took a couple... Well, how long Well, how long has that been now, you're back in Cleveland? Oh, six months, maybe. So, I'm assuming if it was six months ago, it was kind of summertime-ish, right? Oh, yeah, that's coming, and... I'm not happy about that. Well, that's what I'm saying. So here comes the winter. You're a Florida-based guy. You've kind of gotten used to that. How are you going to deal skin, with that, bro? love the sun. Yep. Do you just take a summer trip and stay in Florida for like a couple months and then come I think, back? I think that'll be the idea. Yeah, probably yeah. a good idea. Dude, I got to tell you, you look incredible. Uh, look, nothing different. The shirt is awesome. Looking looking great. Looking like we'll talk about uh, what you've accomplished since the last time you've been in studio, which is Forget about I'm, it. I'm dressing like a world champion. You are, say. but you're dressing like a different type of world champion, like a guy that, a guy that's confident and uh, is possibly taking a whole entire organization and putting it on his shoulders. Yeah. Which we'll get into because that itself's got to be a bit stressful, right? It's a daunting task, but I'll, you know, the fulfillment at the end, if we lead this charge and we become something tangible and real, will be worth it. You know. And. I think you're gonna. I think you could pull it off, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I want to yeah. cover a couple of news items with you before we go to commercial oh, break. No. Let's oh, see what no. you got. Let's see what you got on this. Oh. Tropical disease now a pandemic in the U.S. CDC says it's a deadlier form and it's coming via dogs. A tropical disease once seen almost exclusively among Americans returning from travel abroad is now in the U.S. with a unique strain. Thoughts of these weird diseases coming. They just keep right? popping up. Just popping up. Here's the thing. like You live in the pod. You'll eat the bugs. 
and we're going to take your dogs from you. Enough. Enough. Enough of it. I mean, I, I have not heard anything about that. It seems unfortunate. I kind of distanced myself from that kind of that news cycle, but having heard that doesn't surprise me. I don't think it'll change my life, and hopefully people realize by now it doesn't necessarily need to change yours. Are you a dog guy? I'm a cat guy, but I like dogs. Wait a minute. Okay, let's have this conversation. It's Why? Tough. Okay. Grew up around all sorts of animals, but I am now like a total dog guy. But talk about being a cat guy, because I, I'm not getting the cat thing. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. And I, I, man, this is one of my most divisive opinions, you know, so I'm probably getting canceled as we speak. I like dogs. I really like dogs. If I had a dog, I would probably become a dog guy. I would love the dog. I would cherish the dog. I would walk the dog. I would name the dog. I would bring the dog with me places. But due to my, you know, wacky schedule, mm -hmm. my overall irresponsibility for myself, let alone another life form, cats intrigue me because they're, they're kind of like me in a sense where when they want attention, they'll seek it. But when they want to be left alone, they will be. You know, and I've had, you know, one really, really, really great cat, shout out Skunk, that I miss, who had dog qualities. Mm. Like, he'd follow me around. He was loyal, you know, like, loved him. And, you know, Clover's cool, too. But I think that's why I became the cat guy, because this cat affected me so much by being a hybrid cat and dog. So, cats are, you know, they're, they're sigma animals. Um... You know, yes, if I were to die suddenly in my home when the cats were there and nobody knew, they would eat me. <laughs> where as opposed to a dog. This is true. Yeah. Where a dog would jump through the window and find you help. Right. Probably resuscitate you because yes. you're so loyal. But for my lifestyle, a cat seemed more conducive. Which makes sense, right? Because yeah. cats self-sustainable, right? But, yeah. you know, like you could come to New York. Disappear for a couple of days, come yeah. back, cat's okay. Yeah. And I would think that considering what you do for a living and the uh, travel demands on you, if you did have a dog, you'd probably miss it, and it would be on your True. mind all the time, then yeah. you can't concentrate on your match, and before you know, know it, you're no longer NWA world champion. All I'm, yeah, all I'm thinking about is little Julius back home. Exactly. Is he, okay? is he being walked? Right. right. Yeah. That makes all sense. I think when you get older, then, then you could turn back to becoming a dog guy. I think... When, you know, this run ends and my days of fighting are done, life, culture, and in wrestling, that I'll probably retire in some sort of wooded atmosphere with a cabin and, you know, a hot plate and maybe some electricity, but I'd have a dog, too. And growing a long beard, right? Oh, yeah. Showering once a week. If, if that. If yeah. that. So, but we did establish, though, dogs are better than cats. It's just lifestyle. It's different flavors of ice creams. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not afraid, even as a cat guy, to say I understand why a dog would be better. Understood. Right. Understood. So, but I'm not going to shit on a cat. <laughs> I need the uh, NWA world champion to weigh on in this. Oklahoma school bus driver is charged with kidnapping after he refused to let kids get off the bus <laughs> while climbing out the emergency exit to escape. A bus driver has been charged with kidnapping after he told the kids, sit down, you're not going to be with your mom today. I've got you now. That sounds like kidnapping. <laughs> that sounds like... <laughs> I mean, 
within the context that was described. That sounds like a good old fashioned. And, and by the way, I know September 11th we talked about the big event, and unfortunately for us, but fortunately, yeah. fortunately for you, or maybe not, will, you will be in Oklahoma where this Oklahoma. incident happened. Yeah, and also uh, any aspiring professional wrestler in the Oklahoma area, I'm going to be conducting a two-day seminar uh, within the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. And, you know, now that I'm officially the 13th most powerful man in wrestling and getting people hired, it is an NWA slash Exodus tryout. So look out for that. There will be details online. I don't want to wow. talk too much. I mean, just so. just thinking about everything that's happened, because you, I think you were here like, what, six, seven months ago. Oh, I would say it was about a year and a half. Don't yeah, you? maybe it was a year. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm yeah. old. I can't it even was, remember what I ate yesterday. It but. was heated of divisive culture times because I was already taking a lot of flack for not really doing anything or saying anything. But being with you got me more. And mm. I'm like, they seem like good guys. I don't know. That was fine. You know what? That's what I'm saying. At least give us some cr- You know what? I love you for that because yeah. we needed that type of crap. Every time a guy comes in here, bam, all of a sudden something magical happens. And we were we were ecstatic when uh, we got to get this after the commercial break. I got to get through these news clips with you because it's really yes, important we'll that the NWA so, world champion weighs in on social issues. And kidnapping. Here's a tough one, though. Oh, no. This is a very – this is this – is, Maybe a little more serious. Okay. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but not please, really. Please, please not be. Very Israel. easy. It's easy but hard. Okay. It's cat but dog. Uh, <laughs> fans grill Pro Wrestling League for making anti-Semitic joke hmm. days after Hamas kills over 1,000 Israelis. So I don't know much about that because I kind of stay off the grid of internet wrestling news because as I've known – and seen myself reported about, majority are fictitious and lies. But I do recall seeing something, and I believe it was AEW, and I don't know well, the context well, of it. Let's even forget even if it happened, it didn't happen. That yeah. really doesn't matter. I guess the point I want to ask you, as being such a high-level professional wrestler, and let's be honest, a businessman, yeah. what you've done in this industry is to be applauded for sure. Is there a point where wrestling needs to stay away? You know, back in the old days, we had, you know, the Iranians and the, the Russians and blah, blah, blah. Considering today's culture, does wrestling have to be much more careful on what they're portraying? Yeah, I mean, I would think when you think about the grand scheme of things, wrestling is an escape and it's entertainment. So it doesn't necessarily need to beat you over the head. I do believe in creating art and entertainment that some aspects of culture are required to kind of play with, but at what point is it not not conducive to that to divide so heavily on something so heated and complex, right? So, yeah, I think you can lay off of it. I mean, I get, again, got a lot for not really doing or saying anything, just being implied that I thought certain ways and it cost me business. It cost me opportunities. It cost me possibly hirings in places. Mm. So, and without really doing it. So, it's, it's, if I want to get my cultural, you know, hot button takes, I'm going to do the research myself and I'm not going to look to pro graps for any inspiration, I guess. And you're at a level now where you don't need that type of gimmick to get yourself noticed. Everybody knows who you are. Obviously, the NW, I'll keep saying again, world heavyweight champion. Um, So 
I guess I guess my point is they should stay away from this stuff. I would. Well, I think. think too when you uh, harken back to the days of like you know Iron Sheik and Volkov and things like that. I don't know. It, it was. I don't know how to word it, but it was very. It wasn't. It was cartoonish almost. Mm-hmm. It was parody. It's Rocky Four. Yes. Yes. So did Sylvester Sloan really win the Cold War by beating Ivan Drago? In Moscow on Christmas Day? No, but it, it just had a, a, some pop and circumstance to it. Where today, with the knowledge is, I guess, not knowledge, but information, whether true or not, is so accessible, and it can divide people in such a way that, yeah, you don't need it in wrestling, really, you know? Like, I think <laughs> when WWE did the... Uh, they had Hillary and Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, like goofy, campy. I think that's all right. Parodies. Yeah, that, that's like parody and fun, yeah. right? And it's and parody it, over our own kind of goofy structure as opposed to we're on the cusp of something that nobody really wants. Well, it's not a good place to be. Personally, I think, obviously, the just the climate in this entire world has changed now. You talked about the Iron Sheik or whatever, Nikolai Volkov. Back then, you know, look... A guy like me couldn't have a behind-the-curtain wrestling show, right? It's like you just weren't allowed to do it. You guys held that very tight, and now everybody can do everything. Everybody can be an actor. Everybody can be this. Everybody can be that. And everybody's got an opinion, and if someone has enough of an opinion or the silent minority can affect someone in your type of position, for sure. They they certainly can. Cancel culture was kind of a cancer to this world, and... I don't know, it seems like it's kind of balancing out, though, where people are kind of realizing just because people are saying this doesn't necessarily mean it's true. I think so much fictitiousness has been kind of outed. Like, you're always going to have a divide. But people seem to be at least trying to gain knowledge before formulating an opinion. Mm. Now, maybe I'm wrong, because I don't know. I don't think you're wrong, but... Here's a, here is probably the most serious question of them all. You brought it up, Rocky Four, right? Yeah. He goes, he defends our country. He goes to Russia. He beats the giant Russian. He comes back, finds out someone stole all his money. <laughs> do you th- do you think the government should have been responsible to give Rocky Balboa his money back so he could at least live the lifestyle he was used to, you know, considering would, the hero he was? You, you literally saved democracy. <laughs> exactly, and That's- they send them off to this the, the gutter of. Yeah. Philadelphia, and where he lives in a one-room apartment. You can keep the robot, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that sucks. And somehow his kid got changed out, too, yeah, right? that's a shame. Well, his kid, his kid, dude, you're Rocky's kid, and he's like one of the worst characters ever. Even in Rocky Balboa, he's kind of a wimp. He's kind of a weasel. Yeah, he is. Like, he doesn't like his dad. I mean, <laughs> that dude seemed like he had a heart of gold. Like, you know, granted, you know, he took a few hits to the head, but he seemed like... He's inspiring. Mm. He's a champion. He worked yeah. hard. He loved his mother more than anything. And he's just kind of like, oh, my dad's Rocky Six. Shut up. My dad's EC2. It's awesome. You, you know, it's scary that you and I have put a lot of thought into the life of Rocky Balboa <laughs> and, the, and the problems that he's had. Yeah. But he recovers. He owns a restaurant. Yeah. He gets a fight later on in his career. So it all, it all ends up okay. Man, I like that one too because he had just—he's too slow now, so he just had to get strong. Yes. Break bones, you know. That was cool. Yes. Dude, Stallone's awesome. Think about his life, what he did, 
to get like what he talked about art the passion he had for the script he wrote mm. that he would he sold his dog yeah right to get that done and like you said everybody's an actor everybody's this everybody's that they are in theory but very few are willing to do what is necessary to achieve the success they think they want so you bring up a good point because if someone would have played, like if he just would have sold the script, who knows who they would have put in that role? Oh, Robert De Niro's Rocky Balboa. Oh, it would have been know. awful. Yeah, you know, speak, uh, all right, you're getting me off track, but they're very important questions. The wrestler of the movie. Yeah. Thoughts on the wrestler of the movie? That was really good. Okay. I Mickey Rourke bought into it, like he. He was great. Tried, yeah, and I think. But do you know that Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Was going to be the wrestler. How do you think that would have turned out? Um. It seems like it was peak meme style Nicolas Cage too, so I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have the artistic hard bite and the cold reality that the general public, who don't understand wrestling, especially at that level, mm. the independent level, could like feel because it'd just be Nick Cage going, you know, but doing Nick Cage things. Did you ever hear Nick Cage went to I think it was a Ring of Honor show, because he was with Aronofsky, I believe mm-hmm. the name was. And he was watching the show, and, like, he had a bunch of notes, and it was just kind of, his questions were, I can't remember what podcast it was, I'm sorry, what a bad story. But I heard it on a podcast he was at, and, like, he shared his notes, and they were just, like, crazy, weird gibberish to whomever saw them. Bad story. Sorry. (laughs) I had no payoff. I I thought it would come to me. Uh, Do you know who the associate producer of The Wrestler was? I don't. Neither do I. Okay. All right. There you go. So anyway, uh, November 11th, where my guest here won't be in New York at that time because he'll be in Oklahoma, we'll have in studio Paul London along with cheerleader Melissa. Our uh, producer here had something to do November 11th, but now that he sees that uh, my new co-host will be in studio and cheerleader Melissa will be here, he thinks he may be changing his plans. Good yeah. choice. What do you think? Absolutely. I think so. I think, you know. I don't want to say you upgraded, but you upgraded as a co-host, producer, Johnny on the spot. There you go. Our own Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life Not Far Behind. Here Comes Rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page where you can hit like and subscribe. Go to Spotify, Apple Music, download Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrell. Um... With your permission, I think, you know, that the show that brought this man to become the NWA world. Now, you've been on every podcast, every book, but you're going to pull that bad boy out? I was, I, like, I was waiting for the right time. You, whenever I, I you decide, because I, 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 I might mark. I, I, I'm right. serious. I may mark out. just pull it out of my bag here. Wow, drug money. Nice. Oh, it's, whoops. Oh, wrong bag. <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> You're supposed to say bombs and stuff. Wow, there it is, man. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. That is more than pretty cool. Yeah. After commercial surreal. break, we'll discuss that. I mean, That's nostalgia. nostalgia. It's He has now entered all-time greatness, right? He's holding a title that only some of the greatest have ever held. And like Tyrus. Yes, like Tyrus. We have to speak about Tyrus, too. 
Um, if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you can catch us on New York Cable on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. and Channel 20 at Tuesday at 7 p.m. We also are on a network called the Intuitive Network. Mm. It's a free app. It's almost like Netflix, right? It's an up-and-comer. It's uh, you got movies, you got documentaries, you've got comedy, whatever. It's all there for you. And most importantly, it's got Monty and the Pharaoh. That is I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E Network. Download it. It's free. And uh, why are we number one? Because Jim Beam says so, our number one sponsor. We'll be right back where we're honored. I'm honored. My partner's in Florida. He couldn't be bothered to show up. I tried to get him to come here. Um, he wanted to go over the internet and because and, and, he really wanted to see you, but I said, Fuck, no, we ain't doing that I'm shit. I'm not watching you didn't want earphones on. Pixelized, yeah, frozen. Mm -mm. So I get the honor of hanging out with the NWA world champion. Look at that belt. EC3 will be right back. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence, Collision Specialist, 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420, Auto Excellence. Dude, we got to move this TV because I got to kind of always lean over to see when someone's calling a we're right back with Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. We're on the couch is the NWA world champion, EC3. Thank you, sir, for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I think uh, our first segment was Dynamite. I like having conversations. Like, we could talk about wrestling all day. But you ask, you know, real questions that kind of get us, you know, into a, depth, a conversation with depth. And so I trust my intuition with you. Well, that's what we try to accomplish here. And I will tell you this is... Uh, what you guys do for a living yeah. um, brings joy and uh, fantasy in some cases True. and privilege. I, I, I'm running out of words, but I mean, what you guys do, how you keep yourselves in shape, um, you're making a difference in, in the regular human being's life. And when we built this show, we decided, hey, look, everybody's going to talk about wrestling, right? And what you did here or what you did there. We want to know about the man, right? What's yeah. behind the man? Um, but I will tell you, with that on your shoulder, I'm just like, I'm a, I was a WWE guy my whole life, Northeast. But there's something about that belt yeah. that it's, my favorite belt used to be the Intercontinental Green Belt, the old school Tito Santana, Greg Valentine See, belt. mine was the white strap, but I, I understand. Right. Green's good. But that... That uh, that's pretty incredible. It's cool. It's it, man, it really is. And like Tom said earlier, you want to come back? Come, come on, man. Yeah. You're good. Come on in. Nah, well, he mentioned uh, nostalgia, and even as we were coming down to this road and challenging, and you know, having the match, it didn't hit me till afterwards. I'm like, oh wait, whoa. Yeah. Hold on. Who's had? Okay. So despite whatever ebbs and flows and changing up the guard the NWA's had over its course and its history, 
At the same time, like you said, you're in a pantheon with like some of the all-time greats. Then you're like, <laughs> what? Well, part of you wants to say, what am I doing here? But then the other part's like, this is where I belong, and that's cool. You do belong, and I, I think, you know, I don't know if you're religious, but I think God has a plan, right? I mean, yeah. you you had it all over you, right? From, you know, Impact all the way to the WWE, NXT, and whatever derails you, whatever we want to call it, derailment, yeah. right? Happens to everybody, no matter what you do in a career. I'm, I'm not the first, and I won't be the last. Exactly, yeah. but now you found yourself here. Think about, and I want you to answer this, you know, we've had Tommy Rich in here, you know, uh, I mean, Tommy Rich, Terry Funk, Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. When you got that belt, and like you said, all of a sudden the reality hit. Yeah. Who did you think of when you finally, like, put that belt around I your kind waist? Of, the first thing was kind of like a montage of segues from, you know, <clears throat> the derailment till here. Like, I kind of, that kind of flashed through me real fast. And then, as it was, like, raising up, you know, that was my moment. So I wasn't really thinking any of anything other than myself at it. But then when, when I brought it back down, like, the names you just mentioned, it was very hard to not think, like, shit, Flair, Dusty, you know, Rich, like. So I'd say on the, on the third pose with it, it was like, oh, my, yeah, I'm right there, baby. Up yours, Steamboat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Think about that, man. My God. I never thought, right? So Tyrus, right, he's on Fox News. Yeah. Um, he did bring a lot of attention to that belt, right? He he kind of was bringing the NWA to light. He did a lot, like, wrestling fans might not know the significance of having a championship belt talked about and discussed on, I believe, Guthill's the highest-rated cable a comedy show, I'm sorry, or new show, whatever. Right. Like, a lot of people are watching that. And what's weird about it, because as wrestling fans, wrestlers were often in the bubble of, we're just thinking about, talking about wrestling, 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 as opposed to how it needs to kind of break out and be more mainstream. And, like, this is the best form of art, entertainment, physicality. Like, this is why we love it. So getting more to know of it and indulge in it is cool, but you're hanging out. We're at the hotel, the Chase, which is you know the legendary venue. But at the same time, I'm wrestling Tyrus for the world championship, and the day before, he's kind of like in one part of a room, walking up an escalator, and I'm kind of in a different part of a room. And this you know old lady and her husband walk by, and then I'm kind of following up on that walk, and they walk by me. She's like, Do you know who that is? I'm like, George? He's like, no, it's Tyrus. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's George. But so it's just like he affected that person. Did they even know there was a wrestling show going on? Did they have any idea? You know, right. I don't know that, but there was attention brought to it. And now as the NWA is entering kind of a new era, we need to we need to retake the bubble, and I think then we need to pop it. Well, think about the uh... – for lack of a better term, prestige, that the NWA had the confidence. Because that's a gutsy move, right? I, again, I don't know what was behind Tyrus's retirement, whatever else. But it's a gutsy move, right? Because, like you said, that belt was on Fox News yeah. all the time. Big-time free advertisement. How does it make you feel that the company said, this is the guy, this is the guy that could take us 
to the next level? I work so hard and with such diligence that it's what I wanted. And I would say I manifested and expected it. Like the year I spent working up in the NWA, I'm like, this is going to be my, like, I don't want to say masterpiece, but I will. This will be my creative masterpiece and my last, like, what I can do for this business as far as, you know, I'm not going to be like Cena, a Roman level guy. It's not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. But what is my final, you know, give back? And what I want it to be is bringing the NWA, you know, to the places it should be. So if I can do that, then mission accomplished. So that, that in itself is a, a, monument, a monumental task, right? Um, it's fair to say you guys are number three right now, is, and I don't I think guess, there's anything wrong with that. No, I, I mean, it's like strange how to rank. Like three, in considering that a legacy conglomerate m- m- mammoth structure that's been around you know, for so long is number one, and then number two, therefore being, you know, a company on cable television funded by a billionaire right like so being number three with like i don't know i, I think three's up for grabs but i definitely would be less as three but I, it's a debatable subject when i say number three right it's you know again when corrigan brought the nwa you know the whole story behind it right we were they were on youtube that was hot for a minute there mm-hmm. and then it kind of really cooled down for a bit covid hit really affected he hung in there which was great yeah. um you know, you know the WWE is this global monster, right? They have, you know, again, the NWA is the NWA. Right. Can you make, as the world champion, and your team, the NWA, a legitimate threat to the other two? To the, I don't think anything could rock the WWE. It's too ingrained. It's too structured. Its foundation is built. It's it's too vast. It's beyond anything we can ever hope to accomplish as far as a business. As far as a business, you know, William Patrick Oregon funds this out of, you know, so he's puts all himself at risk to make sure the NWA not only survives, but hopefully thrives, where he's also not backed by, again, billion dollars. So to rock that boat from a business structure... We'll see what happens with the television deals, but I'm not going to like really worry about that as much because what I think we can do is challenge them both greatly with creativity and physicality with purpose and talent and the perspective of the business that I think has been missing a long time. So like Goldberg said it the other day, right? He said something about current wrestlers lack depth and he doesn't think anybody can bring it back where I'm so weirdly in-depth that I don't even know where EC3 begins and Michael Hutter begins at this point. But then also, is he watching everything? Probably not, because I, I don't have the time to, so I wouldn't imagine he does either. But bringing depth back is important, so I'm glad he kind of said that. But I don't think it's a lost cause. You just have to stay the course. I think you could do it. Yeah. Obviously, you love what you do. Right, uh, you've been taught some probably a lot of old school processes. I'm thinking. I actually wrote a gigantic uh, book about the processes that can, I'll probably turn into an online course. Can we'll you share that a little bit? Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I call it the 
the tenets of wrestling. So I wrote like 10, like almost commandments, like I was Moses, you know, standing in Sinai. But I've realized how much knowledge I've acquired from so many people. And the best thing about wrestling, the way you would come up, the way you would learn, was working with the veterans and then listening to them talk. So current talent, even my generation, that kind of lapsed. So we didn't have that as much, and the current generation really doesn't have it at all. That all this great knowledge that's been, you know, accumulated, nobody's even written it down, mm. right? So I don't know it all, and I haven't gotten to pick every brain. But everyone I did pick, like I've retained and kind of structured and wrote. Will this be a book that like a fan can get? I'm wondering how to apply it because I think if I'm looking at it as a business, our fans have money; they would spend. You know, so making it available, it's not really breaking the fourth wall too much or the kayfabe, but I'd probably word it differently if it was going to be a fan thing. But then again, I think a fan that would seek that out knows enough that maybe even if it's completely geared towards a wrestler, their reading of it can then therefore make them appreciate what we do even more. So, yeah, I'm evaluating that. Let me ask you this. Fans... Right, you guys have your wrestle, wrestling terminology. Um, do you find the word "mark" disrespectful, or if not, what is what does "mark" mean to EC3? Why is that a tough question for me to answer? Because <laughs> a mark in you know territorial days was you know somebody that is a fan, right? Mm. That's going to pay money that we perceive our characters as real in front of them so they do not, you know, understand what we're actually doing. But we're kind of past that. I don't see Mark as derogative anymore because I will use it and I don't mean it insulting. Ah, it's just a Mark. But then there's also time where if a wrestler is backstage complaining about their finish or they didn't get their moves in or something, I'm like, what a, you're a Mark, dude, shut up. Like, so you care about the things that don't matter as opposed to what really matters is what's the business at hand and how is that business going to go forward. And just because you lost a match, if you do this shit the right way, somebody goes over and somebody gets over. That's the way I look at it. So that's why W's or L's never affect me mentally. And mm -hmm. I'm not, there's times in the WWE when you think you're always on the bubble and about to get, you know, shit canned that oh, I'm losing I'm losing the opening match in this developmental territory. Oh, they're going to fire me tomorrow because right. you're just constantly, you know. You're equating a loss with eventually a loss of your job within yeah, a company, like, which oh, makes sense. Yeah, but it it's not. And certainly not for any of the cases I've mentioned. So, And if it even if that's a test to you as a talent, like get over in the loss. And how do you do that? One way, by making your opponent look even better. Another way is by telling the story properly that protects you. So, yes, you may have lost. Hey, you know, are you a baseball fan? Team? Like, anyway, I'm a Yankees fan. They don't go 162-0. and 0. Right. They lose. Right. Right? And they didn't make the playoffs. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> Bad year this year, yeah. man. <laughs> so, looking at it like that, just because you were being pinned or defeated how can you get over within telling the story properly and so it doesn't affect me but they're being a mark if they're complaining i think 
So right. then that is derogatory. I think calling a wrestler Mark is derogatory. Calling a fan a Mark is an acknowledgement that they are a fan of what we do. So catch 22 on that question. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I always, I always felt like when someone says a Mark, right, I mean, just like, just like anything, right, your fans pay your paycheck, right? right. If they love you, you're going to make money. And, you know, I just always found it weird because to me it just felt like it was almost disrespectful to the people that are actually paying your paycheck. You yeah, know? and I can see how it would be. Personally, I wouldn't use it, but I get how it can be. And I guess it's all, again, as we talked about, in context. How is it being described? These fuck marks. Right. They don't know. Or, oh, it's a group of, I think the marks over there. Let's make sure we're, you know, yeah. keep, keeping this shit real. So, yeah. So, Nick Aldis made an appearance on the WWE. He's now working with I them. I did. Yes. I think you knew that, right? I did? No. Oh, he's SmackDown. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was an agent, that's why. I don't know, seven months ago, I guess he had that falling out with uh, Corrigan. Um, Where did you stand on that whole thing, right? Aldis helped build the NWA. Corrigan also helped build the NWA back to prestige. Um, Did you feel both had uh, valued points in that termination of that relationship? I think everybody has an opinion and validation within their opinion because it's the way they're thinking and feeling within the moment. I'm not lying to you, and I'm not trying to duck the question. No, I'm not. No. But when that was going on, I'm like, I'm not even going to look at this because I don't want to cloud my judgment or my work or what I'm doing. I'm very, very, very loyal to WPC. So not saying that Nick didn't have points. I just don't know what they were. But also what I think for anybody involved in anything like that, there's a time and there's a place to have that conversation, and I don't think it's via X. Right. But then if you're being talked about and degraded online or told one thing, then that's what people think immediately because, oh, that's the truth. Well, here's my truth. And there's two versions of two opposing truths. And, yeah, I have really didn't know what it was as much, but I think William's happy and I think Nick's happy. So I guess it worked out. Where did you learn that skill to disassociate or not get involved in the gossip? I'm assuming the wrestling world is much harder to escape you all talking about each other, right? Man, sometimes it's like high school. Honestly, reading Stoicism and philosophy, that's how I got away from it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's great. But, like, you know, at the end of the day... The bad run in the WWE, and then, you know, everybody's like, I got buried, or I didn't get pushed, or they underutilized is a term I fucking hate, but people say it a lot. If I look at it, like, my run was not good, but who do I have to blame? I can blame a lot of things. There's a lot of aspects that led to it, but at the end of the day, the one person you can only blame is yourself, mm. and how was that my fault is that I didn't fight for myself. I allowed it to happen. So I'd have a much clearer conscience if, whether I get fired or not, that I fought for myself. Instead, mm. you play the good soldier, and I say in the book, if you play the good soldier, you're the first to get shot. So remember that. But everybody, yeah. Plus, I think you were there when COVID hit, and that was a difficult time for I was everybody. coming off an injury, yeah, yeah, concussion, right? And then so when I finally got cleared, COVID came, and then we were gone. I think sometimes things just don't happen at the right time and i got something else from the book 
It was four times and places in wrestling. Mm. It was the wrong place at the wrong time. It was the right place at the wrong time. It was the wrong place at the right time. But the only time that's going to get you where you need to go is the right place at the right time. Well done. Thank you. I'm ready to buy that book already, man. Send me some. All right, tough question coming up, right? You've worked for some of the best, right? You've worked for McMahon, and I know you're not a huge fan of him, but I'm just, no, I'm, you know, you got to. Res- I have a great amount of respect for right, him, but right. if, like, if I disappeared tomorrow and someone said I disappeared, he would be like, who? Or he wouldn't care. So, right. you know, I got it. Yeah. Triple H, yeah. Dixie Carter, Russo, yeah, Bischoff. But put Tony Khan aside, you didn't work for him, but. Obviously, you know, with McMahon being the leader, now you have Billy Corrigan, right? So we go back to you being this old school mentality wrestler also. Here's Billy Corrigan, very famous rock star, great yep. musician. What the fuck does he know about wrestling? Right. You, you think that, too. What attracts me to him and our personalities is the, the outside-the-box creativity. And I think... What's important about leadership, and I think he demonstrates this, is that like, he delegates the duties to the people that are exceptional at it. So while he's creatively involved and it's his show and what he says goes and he's you know, got the pencil and the book, at the same time, like the match with Tyrus, that story was ours. We had to finish. How do we want to tell the story? And there wasn't really any sort of like, well, I need this to happen and this to happen. So he's very unintrusive when he trusts you to get the job done. So I can vouch for that. So I think I love the perspective of people that love wrestling, don't quite know it as far as being surrounded, corrupted, influenced solely by it. I love the perspective of somebody who's done something incredible and has gone out there and brings that insight and knowledge to what we do. Like I've had a good conversation with him about what's the difference between making your set list and a match card? And how does this flow? Like how you're putting a set list together, how does it flow to a wrestling card? Do you ever look at things like that? So I enjoy the art of conversation like we're having here. So I don't ranking people, I think I'm very proud to be working for him and then in theory partnered with him. So this leads back, we, I was talking about Tony Khan. So you don't really hear about issues with Corrigan being run over by the boys. Well, on the other hand, I, I know you hear about it. I'm not saying you're digging into the dirt sheets, but, you know, you know, CM Punk had his problems with with uh, Khan. A couple of the guys had had problems with Khan and, and kind of made him look like shit, right? Yeah. How come that doesn't happen to Corrigan? I think... Well, I mean, with the oldest thing, I think you can say that kind of happened. And I think it's not as high profile, maybe, because the Internet does love to report on the negativity, and especially if it's the Internet's you know, brainchild, which is AEW, they want to talk about it and it alone. Um, William is fiercely, like, respects loyalty, too. So I think uh, within that, he would never... A talent w- would see that for the most part. Um, did that answer it, I guess? I'm no, think too. it does. Yeah, with Tony, too. I mean, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not part of the situation. You you hear what you hear. I mean, you're things. just giving your opinion, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask you this. Do you think there's a difference because Corgan is this well-known, very respected uh, musician, 
and Tony Khan is a millionaire with daddy's money. I'm just saying, is that the reason, I, do you think? I think William delegates, well, and I don't know this for sure because I've not worked for him, Tony influences more what he thinks he wants to see or what he thinks the fans want to see. And here's one other thing I wrote in the book, and maybe this parlays to it because I think Billy gets it, is creativity is not giving people what they want. Creativity is giving people what they don't know they need. So sometimes playing to thinking you want to give the people what they want. Hey, we're going to have this match, and it's going to be 20 minutes. It's going to be great. Like, yeah, it's going to, yeah, like, cool. That will be a good, no shit, that's going to be a good match. But how did we get to this match as mm-hmm. opposed to it's just there? Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's old school, man, with what I grew up on, right? It's, a, it's like, it's use the mic, use the story to get me to want to watch the match, right? right. Get me there. It's, dude, the chase, delayed gratification yes. is something that we don't have enough of. Or we don't want because it's so much dopamine. It's so easy to get hit. My phone's going off right now. Like, if I look at it and look at a comment, I'm getting a dopamine hit. It's like, bang, 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 bang. Right. Where when you have to wait for something and earn it, and there's ebbs and flows to how it comes, and maybe you don't get it, but maybe you do. Then you get it, and then you get the payoff. Right. You know, it's like, it's like having sex. Brilliant, like man. Having... Brilliant. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of those old-timer uh, parlays into the art of intercourse. Where <laughs> yeah. Not in the book, but maybe I'll keep one in. So you're the NWA champion who is now bringing the NWA you just signed a television deal. Can you share with the family out there what it feels to EC3 to be the NWA world champion who's carrying? And listen, the champion does mean something. The champion is the guy. It this is the guy that's going to draw the money. You're the guy bringing them the TV. Tell us about the TV deal, and then I want to ask you, what kind of pressure does EC3 feel? Like, the TV deal came out online, right, just recently. Yes. So I've known about its structure or constructing for so very long, you know, not saying anything, where the announcement of it, like, like okay, good, we're, we're in business, you know. So I didn't think much of that other than, like, good, because now we can move forward within that realm and hopefully thrive with the CW network and whatever it pertains to. But, uh... The interesting thing is the pressure, because you're coming off of, like you said, a run of somebody who has national fame for real outside the bubble, where we're kind of back inside it, so are we going to lose some attention, maybe lose some eyeballs? I don't know, but keeping that momentum going forward, we're in a new era, they're calling it, I like to call it the over era, but one thing I think uh, wrestling doesn't realize sometimes, and I'm not saying we're going to do this because I think it's straight to the moon, but taking small steps back are how you take giant leaps forward. So if we lose, I mean, if we lose 2.5 million people seeing the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on a television show, how many are we actually converted to watching sustained? How many would come over to the CW network? You don't know, and you can't know. But that weighs on your mind. I think the pressure, too, is like we have the pay-per-view, saw win, 1028, Cleveland, Ohio, nwatix.com. I'm from Cleveland. It's my hometown, mm. right? 
And so as a company too, we don't have a vast amount of resources. We have a great group of people that work their asses off on so many facets where as the champion, I, I'm the cha world's champion. And I'm also on the streets nailing flyers to a, a wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it has to do well. I will not allow it to fail. You know, so there's a lot of pressure in that. And Cleveland's a walk-up town, too, sometimes. You're like, are people coming? You don't know. But, like, that pressure weighs because you're doing so much. Can I even focus on the match? I have a no-limits match with Tom Latimer. Like, right. You know. Regardless of the stipulation, like, Tom is one of the best wrestlers I know, and we're going to tear it up. But I'm not putting – am I not putting enough thought into training or ideas or what we can do to make this really good story exceptional while I'm hustling and bustling, passing out flyers, you know, and stuff like that. But it has to draw, and I'm the champion, so if it doesn't, that's my responsibility. Well, that's what I mean. When you yeah. look back and you see your, your team back there, because they're your team. You're the man now, right? Yeah. When you're going to be doing these events, and then you're going to go on TV, and you're going to have this TV contract, do you look back at that team? And, and again, just the pressure question, like, man, these 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 people, my, my family's livelihood is on the line because I am the champion. Yeah, I think one thing, use the term earlier, leadership is the only thing I can do is control myself, and I'm not a, some guy who's screaming from a mountaintop how to be a leader. I don't have, like, you know, I'm not Jocko and shit like that, but they will respect if you what you do and how you do it and how you put your business out there. So leading by example is, like, super imperative to me. That... If I were to let them down, which I won't because I'm manifesting nothing but positivity, <laughs> but if something were to come, first off, no matter what or who or how it happened, none of that matters because immediately you take accountability for it. But letting them see, knowing they saw me do everything I can, success or failure regardless, delivering a 10, delivering an 8, delivering a 4, um, if I did everything I could, and I have the respect, respect of your peers is really important. So, And you've got the respect of the fans. I know that for sure. Yeah, some of them, some of them think I suck. I'm awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm really good. Like, I just, you're I you're, you're in such great shape. I mean, what what is a typical diet and a day for EC3? I'm hanging with Tom here, and he keeps asking me, <laughs> hey, man, Oh, can I cook Tom, you? you're ruining his diet, yeah. dude. Can I cook you this souffle? I'm like, dude, I got pay-per-view in a week. I'm dialing in. Oh, can I can I add uh, this to your thing? Like, just, I just want dry chicken. I know it sucks. Just let me eat it. But, like, <laughs> that train, that's super important to me, and that's one thing, leading by example, where, you know, I have the CYN co-op, and I'm training kids, and now we have NWA Exodus, and I'm bringing people in. Seeing how I'm running my day with all these things going on that I'm still dialing in and prepped for anything that could happen. So the diet's crazy. Like, I've made 70% of the meals, and then he cooked me chicken and rice for the other 30%. Wow. So I have every one of them structured. I have a plan in case something goes wrong. Oh, if I got delayed out of my flight, you know what? I got a backup one. We're good. Right. I'm not going to freak out. Because also, if I didn't have the backup one, I'd freak out. And then 
the thing about being a psychopath is if like you kind of blow your routine just a little bit you just like oh it doesn't matter and then you go all in and then you're just self-hating yourself do you ever fall off the train like and if you do what is a a day for ec3 when i've just derailed myself and i don't give a shit today and i'm going all at it yeah when i would like get hammered there would be like the next day would be a total derail and first off you're waking up i'm like why did i do that oh i suck and it's like why does it matter you live a little kid and then you'd like man i haven't had chick-fil-a breakfast in eight years and then you have five biscuits and you're just covered in it like i can't do anything today so i'm gonna go home but i have the chocolate covered pretzels in the freezer and i'm not gonna eat if i don't eat them now i'm not gonna eat them later because like this day's a wash and then yeah it's just it's a it's a mess but the way I keep myself centered with that, I eat fairly well. So I'm not killing myself, but I just plan accordingly. Right. So a cheat meal, perhaps, I would I schedule, usually on a leg day. And I know in advance what I'm going to get, whatever craving I'm having. And I, I have it. And then, you know, I probably add a little too much sweets afterwards because, again, I'm an addict. But then because it was structured, planned, and actually beneficial to how I train, the next day... I'm okay, and we're back. And WA World Champion is going to keep saying it. All right, last question for you, and I'll get you guys out of here. And again, what an honor it is to have you in this studio. You're an incredible human being, great wrestler, and the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. I still can't believe, Jared, you don't even know, like, that belt there? I was, like, having, like, a... A fantasy. I was like, you know, I'm yeah. at the studio. Maybe like EC3 just forgets it and leaves it on the couch, and I run off with it. And I take it home. <laughs> Dude, that's some responsibility because I'm bad at leaving things and packing and travel. Like I left my cape at OVW. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah, my cape. I'll... Luckily, I got it back. Well, but you I'm, can't. I, just... I would have. If I would have found, I would have brought it back. Yeah, to you. You. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so the big news they're also saying is Corgan wants to bring back regional professional wrestling yeah i ask you because i don't know will regional professional wrestling work in today's wrestling world i think territorial like back in the day because i was listening to Cornette talk about it and luckily he didn't shit all over me but like what he his gripe was like and it's true we're not going to have the schedule of a territories we're working three or four dates a week and we're you know moseying around so I think the concept of it as it was in the past, no. But I think regional being, you know, it is a marketing term, an affiliate being a marketing term. Territories sound cool. How can we evolve that into 2023? And that's by partnering. Like, I was the first one. I've run two shows. And we're the first, you know, regional territory. It's crazy that he has that trust in me. And now that's another pressure thing to deliver on and a whole new group of people kind of depending on me because now I'm their gateway to their career. But we're not going to be running three days a week, five days a week. There's no way we're going to be running, you know, structured four to six weeks, like in theory and independent, but I think the regionals and the affiliates and the territories can come together under one banner as sort of content distribution. I think that's that's the future, right? You know, intuitive network maybe. Right? Intuitive network. Yeah. Well, all right, here's maybe it's it, to me it's not a stupid question, but well, you just blast me if it is. So back in the day, say Ric Flair, right? He was the NWA champion and Fritz von Erich needed him in Texas, he went to Texas. Then he you know, then Puerto Rico, Cologne wanted him over there. 
could an independent organization just say Monty Wrestling Federation? Can I NWA. reach out to the NWA and say, I want to have EC3 defend his title for my organization? I think an independent can. A lot of the independents see what we're doing and, you know, want the name attached because why wouldn't they? And it's, you know, but I'm first, all right? And you got to go through me. And everybody that wouldn't call me back a year ago or talk to me or defend me knowing I was being lied about wants my shit now. I'm the gatekeeper. Having said that, yes. And I think, uh, so territorial systems back in the day were, you know, seven boards of directors coming together to choose a champion, which really made that an honor because seven, eight, whatever, people had to agree that you are the best wrestler or you're the best for business. Monty Wrestling Federation can reach out to NWA, but, you know, they can also reach out because we're still independent contractors. So what I'm doing now with the World Title World Tour is trying to make sure within the bubble this title goes to as many places as possible. Mm. Would I love it to be organized and booked by the NWA so I don't have to talk to people? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. But at the same time, like taking upon myself and the opportunity because I love doing this. So that's why we're here. You know, we'll do Outlaw Pro tomorrow. We'll do Russell Pro Sunday. Like, and these are really good independents, too. So mm. bringing that hopefully brings the brand awareness, the prestige back. The talent representing hopefully lives up to it. Me, I do. And then the talent, you know, challenging. The best idea is, well, if they, they're not beating me. Nobody beats me. But they leave better and more over than when we started. So that's kind of the, the goal of that. I, I personally think this is, this is going to take off. I really had that gut feeling. I do think maybe you should bring back Into the Fire as the entrance song for uh, NWA, though, from Dokken, when you guys, when it oh, first dude, started. Oh, Dokken, really? yeah. That shit was the bomb, man. And for an old guy like me, I was like, holy shit. I wonder shit. if we have the rights to it, because maybe I can use it for excess. Uh, pay, I mean, can I, Corey can flip a couple of bucks yeah. and pay Dokken. I mean, I, what, what is Dokken sure asking for that? Anyway? I don't know, but I'm sure he can also look at his phone and go, D-O-K. Hey, Dokken? Yeah. It's let Billy. Me, let me use your shit. Right. Cool. All right, man, I want to thank you. It's always an honor. You're incredible. Uh, just, I, I got nothing else to say. Uh, great interview. Fantastic, man. And you still didn't answer the question. Does the government give Rocky Balboa that money so he could live his life like a normal human being and no. it changes Rocky 5 and 6 to the end? They're cruel. They're unforgiving. The dude, want, you know what? They won the Cold War, man. You'd think. Remember that scene in Armageddon where they're, recruiting oil drillers to go on an asteroid. <laughs> but, like, they had their list, wow. of, they had their list of demands. Yeah. Like, oh, we want to know what happened to JFK. Yeah. This. And then, yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, oh, we don't want to pay taxes again. Ever. And you think the government gave him that? Or do you think, oh, Bruce Willis blew up the fucking asteroid, saved the world at the last second, goes back, okay, now his daughter, is his daughter on the hook for some, like, back taxes or some you're probably, shit? You're probably... Right. Did the, the, the oil rig get condemned and like foreclosed on? You say, <laughs> that's right. You save the world. And yeah. they just fuck it. You're done. Jeez. That's great. Wow. You know, I don't think. Uh, well, now you. All right, hold Armageddon on. Armageddon two. Who is the biggest heel woman in movies? The chick from Titanic. 
Rose is Rose the biggest heel in the history of movies? Man, it's hard for me to not say Jenny Gump. Who? Oh, yeah, she's Jenny. Oh, Jenny from Forrest Gump. Yeah. All right, let's measure that real quick, though. Okay. So Jenny. Forrest is in love with her, and Jenny goes around and screws around with all those guys, and then in the end, she has sex with them so she could have a baby, and then leaves. she's going to die and leaves them with a kid. Right. It's rough stuff. I get it. Yeah. But you got Rose. She goes on with her husband, right, <laughs> on a trip. right. She starts fooling around on him, and the guy she fools around with, she makes stay in the water while she stays nice and warm, and he freezes to death. Yeah, she well, doesn't I, care about herself. I mean, I think Rose kind of beats Jenny, Here, right? Here's the kicker. Is she threw the diamond in the ocean? Because think about that. You've been sitting on what ten, twenty millions worth of like this historic heirloom, <laughs> and you're gonna just toss it in the Atlantic? Like your 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 granddaughter, she, you can fund the next five generations of your family if you just give it to Bill Paxton. You know, right? So maybe, maybe I do believe Jack cannot fit on the door, and I think James Cameron confirmed that. And everybody loves a martyr, and there's, there's a weird male fantasy of always being like that martyr. So you're saying the reason is Jack couldn't get on the door. Because it would topple. So he said, I'll show you, I'll stay in the water and die? He sacrificed himself for her, in a sense. Hmm. And she went on to marry somebody else and probably forgot oh, about yeah. Jack, right? Oh, that, here's the other kicker. You know what, you're right. It is Rose, because she dies. She passes in the afterlife. Her last, visit, her last memory, she's walking onto the Titanic. She is not seeing her husband. She's seeing Jack right. at the clock. Right. Turning around. Super smooth. Meet me at the clock. What a bitch. But she is. Hey, hold on. Do we even know that she got remarried? Didn't... Yeah, because she had the kids. Yeah, she had a kid. How do you know that wasn't Jack's kid? Well, I, I guess you could say that, but I don't think so. I think you she know, just got remarried. I think there was some light dialogue about her. Oh. Like, that's where I, I met your father, she said to somebody, but it wasn't Jack. It was like. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we finally settled it. Rose no, is trash. Know. Who? Helen Mirren. I have such an inappropriate crush on Helen Mirren. <laughs> that is inappropriate. That is her. way over the top. I love her to death. There's something about her. I think it was when she was in Arthur with Russell Brand. Okay. Dude, and she's got some funny one line. I love her to death. Was she in Red? Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's good. Oh, I love her. Yeah, but that's kind of inappropriate. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so sexy about how oh, real fast i want to make sure we plug our uh, control your nutrition yeah. seasoning so that's available at dudesgourmet.com because we're artists and we create with our palettes no tom here is a wonderful palette dude he has these books about palettes and like the way he talks about it is like so infatuatingly passionate it's like we talk about wrestling it's super cool to see somebody do what they love and he's done these and they're awesome i need some of that all right, I want to thank you again for joining us on this special Friday edition with the NWA World Champion. Wishing you a long title reign, and hopefully you come back undefeated, and we have you back in studio shortly. Great, man. Thank you again. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Safe trip, guys, and we always thank you for dropping by. This has been Mike Monty. We'll be back with a special show after you see three leaves. Uh, Jimmy's going to make a special phone call or a video call from Florida. Exciting times. Look at EC3, can't even believe it. No, I was just figuring, <laughs> yes. Then we're he's gonna, we're he's in shock. EC, we're going to get EC3 out here, then we're just going to shit on him. <laughs> we're going to get... <laughs> we're just going to... All right, we'll see you guys. Be well. Love you all.